The humanitarian crisis of migrants seeking asylum is escalating in Chicago. City officials are currently operating 10 temporary shelters and respite centers across the city to serve 4,000 migrants. Some neighbors in these communities express opposition to the migrants. They say resources should instead be poured into their disinvested communities. But no single neighborhood is bearing the responsibility for housing migrants. From West Ridge to Roseland, from the Gold Coast to Streeterville, migrants are all around the city. WBEZ's Indikira takes us to some communities that were, are, or might soon be home to temporary shelters. It's a clear morning in March. I'm spending the day driving to temporary shelters across the city, moving from south side to north side. I want to get a picture of how different neighborhoods are responding to these shelters. One of my first stops is another chance church in Roseland. The site was a shelter for men for a few months. It's no longer active. I drive past frame houses before getting to the church, a low red brick building that comes to a sharp point. Another chance church. There's a few cars in the parking lot. I'm gonna go inside and see who's around. I find Kenyatta Smith, the affable pastor sitting in his office. He says the neighborhood response was mixed at first. As time went on, the community really wrapped around and, you know, seeing what they could do to help. Smith says local organizations and congregants ultimately came together to make sure new arrivals had shoes and winter coats. Once a person identifies that our fellow brother or sister who needs help, the heart kicks in. From another chance, I head downtown. Hostels in Greektown and The Loop, even a hotel on the Gold Coast have housed migrants. Currently, there's a family shelter being run at the former Inn of Chicago Hotel in Streeterville. There's a Sephora next door, a Starbucks and a Dunkin' Donuts. Volunteer Christina Verazzi helped move families from a respite center at Leon Beach Park in Rogers Park into the Inn. She says the experience of living downtown isn't necessarily great for migrant families. They don't know where to really go because, I mean, they have no, no money either. I mean, it's, what do you do in downtown Chicago if you have no money? Verazzi says it's been really hard for volunteers to deliver items downtown and stay connected with people inside shelters like the inn. There are very strict rules, security and curfew. I then drive north to West Ridge and soon arrive at the former High Ridge YMCA. It's being used as a family shelter and sits on a bustling street. I make a few stops, a dentist's office, a construction company. Business owners and staff say activity around the shelter has been pretty quiet. Some of them didn't even know migrants were there. I end up at the Blitzstein Institute. It's an Orthodox Jewish women's college a block away from the shelter, where I talk to instructor Barry Fleischer. Fleischer only found out about the shelter a few weeks ago from social media and was then approached by a woman in the parking lot. The woman said she was having trouble affording food and clothes for her seven-year-old daughter and asked if Fleischer knew of any work. In my horribly broken Spanish, I did my best. I told her I will bring her clothing from, you know, my son's wardrobe. It's boys' clothing. Um, But I would help in any way that I could. Fleischer also runs a performing arts program at Blitzstein, and they have lots of costume dresses from Goodwill. She's hoping the woman comes back soon so she can take the dresses back to the shelter for her daughter. Fleischer says the shelter doesn't affect her day-to-day life. The only thing that it's really affected is my want to help. 
But opposition to new migrant arrivals also exists. In Woodlawn, for example, some residents shared frustration that a shelter was being placed in the vacant Wadsworth Elementary building. The closure of the school is still a painful memory. In nearby South Shore, some residents are vehemently fighting a proposal to use a former high school building as a shelter. They even filed a lawsuit. In both of these majority black neighborhoods, part of the opposition comes from the idea that resources from already resource deprived areas are being used towards new arrivals instead of the community that's there and needs help. But city officials continue to stress that shelters for new arrivals are not taking funds from other shelters, like those for people experiencing homelessness. The shelters themselves also aren't exactly ideal places to be. Volunteers say there's inconsistent access to hot water, the food isn't great, and there's severe overcrowding. Tension is also present on the northwest side, where there's a proposal to use Wilbur Wright College as a temporary shelter for families over the summer. Before last week's public meeting at the city college, advocates both for and against the shelter rallied outside. Frank Cucanati is a northwest side resident. This is a college that the taxpayers paid for. We do not want it used for people to come here from another country to sit and sleep and wander around the village. Tim Libretti lives in Portage Park. He wore a black t-shirt that said, welcome immigrants. These people who come here in, in need of help, you know, are not freeloaders, are not drags on our economy or our society, but will become valuable contributors. We become stronger, we do, when we extend a hand to people and, and uh, help them contribute to our world. And despite the tensions, hands are being extended to asylum seekers in neighborhoods across Chicago. Rogers Park volunteer Christina Verazzi says the way communities have stepped up to help has been essential and that they're just ordinary people. That took it upon themselves to find solutions, to get food, to get donations, to, to do whatever we could to provide a better welcome. Verazzi says that if Chicago really is a sanctuary city, it needs to live up to that reputation and how new arrivals are treated, no matter what neighborhood they're placed in. Indy Kara, WBEZ News.